dust my balls. And with that, <laughs> we are back for another episode of Middle-Aged and Mediocre. Tell them who you are. <laughs> I'm Joel. I'm Cash. Uh, we're back with episode 25 of Middle-Aged and Mediocre. Yep. And uh, this is our second take of this episode. <laughs> Part two. Yeah. We had originally planned to have the episode be uh, about me and my days of backyard wrestling. Yep. But what I quickly found out was I, my memory is completely shot. Yeah. So I was really struggling to like line up things, uh, to come up with like. You gave like half of it was really Hulk Hogan's bio, which I thought was weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't believe Hiro it. Matsuda did break my leg. <laughs> yeah. So back in the day. And I can't even remember last week, so I can't be mad. Right. At so you didn't anything. know if I was telling the truth or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was like, you body slammed Andre the Giant <laughs> in front of eighty four hundred thousand people <laughs> in the Silver yeah. Dome. Well, maybe we can try that again, right? We'll try it again. I've put out. Uh, I like I'm gonna get in talk. touch with some people from back then. Yeah. Uh, Adam Johnson being one of them. Call it out, Adam. I'm publicly calling you out. Put him on wax for reading my Facebook messages <laughs> and then just ignoring me. So nobody ignores Cash. <laughs> nobody. Not if they want to live. <laughs> Please don't let Adam die soon because this is oh, man. this is terrible evidence. Now we're gonna have to re-record this episode. Great. So we're gonna scrap this one too. <laughs> but no, so we decided that'll happen later on down the road when I can actually uh, get more of a complete timeline. Yeah, because it was kind of just scattered. And I went back and listened to it, and like there were some things I shouldn't have said because without, without a lot of con- <laughs> when you were saying some stuff, it was in my head. I was like, cool. All right. Yeah, without like the proper I mean, it's context. It's your story, you know. It's your painting to paint. Like, who am I? Right, and I didn't judge? paint it well. <laughs> no. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't use enough. <laughs> it was all runny and stuff. Yeah, and... yeah. There was just a lot of co- like. There was a lot of things. I think that ketchup need, was on there. You context. didn't even have any red, so you're like, I'm gonna use ketchup. Just, just the way they do in pro wrestling. That's what blood is. <laughs> oh yeah. Ketchup yeah. packets. You, you, Everybody you talked knows about that. that for like a half hour last. Yeah, week. I went on a half hour <laughs> rant about that. So I exposed the business pretty and bad. And semen, they use mayonnaise. And. St- Wait, in wrestling. When have you seen semen in, in wrestling? <laughs> I don't know what you were talking about. You said, oh. back, you said those backstage stuff that I wouldn't well, understand. Well, you've been listening to my secret <laughs> journal entries. Anyways, we're back. Gross. This week with uh, a tale of murder. <laughs> Yay. We're getting back to what we're good at, and that's talking about death. <laughs> making fun of people that's been brutally murdered. Hey, everything's opening back up. That's not really making fun. No one gives a shit about COVID anymore, apparently. <laughs> what? So... You know, we're, we're going to get right back to it. Yeah. I went to the grocery store the other day. I had a mask on. Uh-huh. And the one I went to was right up here up the street. Like, mostly older people sure. go there, shop there, to avoid the hustle and the bustle of Walmart. So I put a mask on. Uh-huh. Because I'm, you know, want to be polite and yeah. not cough on old people. Yeah. And, uh... Also, just, you know, in case anybody's in there that has it, I don't want to get that shit either. You care about the people. Yeah. So, I'm... Other than two employees... I'm the only one in there with a mask. Yeah. Some woman looks me dead in the eye, like some 50-year-old woman, looks me dead in the eye, rolls her eyes at me and scoffs, and just shakes her head and keeps walking. Did you body slam her? No. So you're wearing a mask. Were you wearing anything else? Uh, uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's not just a mask. Well... Okay, that explains a lot. It's probably your mayonnaise that she was coughing at. We're talking about mayonnaise. But no, I'm really glad. No, I hear you, though. I'm glad to know that she's probably going to be dead <laughs> soon. Like, that's the only thing that made me 
Feel Followed her about homemade it. shirt. <laughs> no. Like, all right. <laughs> I cannot keep putting evidence on there. <laughs> I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I don't wear a mask out, but I don't. If someone's wearing a mask, like, cool. Yeah, I do if I get I just I keep mean, my mouth shut. If I get only in touch the things I'm buying, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm probably wrong with it, but. Like, I have a, I mean, I don't know. I really don't want to get it. Like, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to get it, yeah. But, like, fucking, man, all the people that have just decided, fuck it. Yeah, there's... And... That's where I'm... Yeah, I'm not... So, I'm not going out places. Like, you were talking, right. things are opening. Like, I'm not... Like, I've seen all the pictures of, like, other cities where there's just huge uh, crowds of people. I wouldn't want to be in a crowd like that anyway. anyway no, yeah. And especially with this, yeah. But, like, an open mic could be next weekend, and I wouldn't go. Right. Like, unless it was, like, something outside. And, but, I mean, I don't... I wouldn't want to be inside a place, and I would feel weird, like... Asking people to come to a place to be inside. That's how we feel about uh, running Inception shows. Yeah. Like, we just, we're not comfortable with... I mean, I miss it, yeah. but I'm not gonna... I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to be the reason a bunch of people get sick. Yeah. Like, just in case. I mean, we just don't know enough about... I, I just don't think we know enough about this yeah. to and really it be... it up into such a huge thing. I mean... Well, not only that, but then of... there's all these reports of, like, false information about... Yeah. The cases, like some places reported hardly any, and it turns out that there's actually a lot. Yeah. I mean, you just don't know. There's so much misinformation out yeah. there. I, I feel like there's I think something. It's all misinformation. I feel like there's something we're not being told. There's always something to worry about. Yeah, like, I feel told. like there's something. Like, I think they know. I don't know. I have this, like, idea in my head that they know that there's going to be some shit happening. Yeah, well, soon. I think they knew it was coming, and then. Yeah. They didn't. Whoever they is, but yeah. Right. Like, I feel, yeah. From the beginning, maybe could have been handled a little differently. They is the NWO. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Scott Hall. Yeah, Scott Hall's in charge of all this. Yeah, I just... And then all these... He is the bad guy. What, like, whether... I don't know. Whether it's all as dangerous as it was originally said, or it's not, or it might be again, I don't know. The fucking people who are out protesting and showing up with guns. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, talking about how their freedoms are being infringed on. Yeah. Go fuck yourselves. If any of you... They're just like the slaves from olden times. I saw the picture today of some woman, some fucking ugly-ass white woman, holding a sign with a... Dogs and slaves wear masks. Yeah. Yeah. And it had, like, a slave wearing, like, a mask. Yeah, there's, like, a story behind that. I I don't know what the story is, but behind the woman that was on the poster. Yeah. Or the the picture. But, man, fuck that woman. And her daughter, I think, was holding it, too. But, like, all those people that are, like, I don't want to rant about this for too long, but I'm already into it. Like, all of those people are the same ones that when, like, a fucking unarmed black guy gets shot down, yeah. whether by whether it's by cops or just trashy-ass white people, they're the first ones to be like, well, if they would have just listened to the law. Yeah. If they would just listen to directions. Follow the rules. And now you motherfuckers are out here. Because you can't go get your hair cut. All lives matter, except the ones that they might contaminate. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, man, it's just so fucking... Fuck everybody. I hate hypocrisy. Yeah. That's what I hate. I just hate people, so it's like... Yeah. But, I, but it's weird, because I like doing the comedy, like, two people. Two people. Yeah. I like to do comedy to people. <laughs> yeah, but you might have been, I just I don't really care for people. Yeah. That's why I was always... As a group. That's why I was always super good at Everyone being Everyone listening, a, I love you. Being a heel as a wrestler. Yeah. Because I just don't fucking like people. Yeah. So, but like single people, persons you like. Yeah, they're then there's, listen. Yeah, <laughs> on an individual basis, I like people as it's a like whole. More than ten, but as a whole, yeah. there's just no like that's just a bad idea to have this like, many people. I've been avoiding the COVID all my life. 
Like, if it's more than ten people, yeah. like, I'll just... Nah. I've always dipped out. Yeah. Like, nope, I'm gonna socially distance myself <laughs> away from this. But, all right. All right. We're gonna get into what we're here for, and that's murder. Murder. Because uh, that's, you know, we're back on the uh, cases here. This one was solved, but still. Oh, this one's solved? Yeah. But it's still a pretty good story. So, you ready to get into this one? I'm ready. All right. So, Charles Scudder was born on October 6th, 1926. Uh, in his youth, he was a highly intelligent young man, interested in almost everything. He studied drama, music, and art, but ultimately he chose to pursue uh, science as his career. He had two early heterosexual marriages, which I... <laughs> I feel like the, re- <laughs> the way that, yeah. I preface that for a you reason. preface that, it's going to change. Yeah, uh, the second of which produced four sons named Saul, Gideon, Fenris, and Ahab. Uh, and unfortunately, Ahab would die young. Those are the last four people named those names. Fenris, especially. <laughs> that's a that's a good one, though. Uh, he received his education at the University of Wisconsin and Loyola. Badger. A badger. He was a All badger. All right. Uh, and Loyola's Stritch School of Medicine. He earned degrees in zoology, languages, and chemistry, and he earned a PhD in pharmacology. Doctor, then. So he was a smart fucking dude. Yes, yeah. Dr. Uh, Charles Scudder. In 1959, he met Joseph Odom, uh, who was 12 years his junior. Joseph served as a cook and a housekeeper to Dr. Scudder and his sons and lived in the aging mansion that Dr. Scudder had purchased, which had been built in 1904 and was designed by a student of Frank Lloyd Wright. Oh, wow. Yeah, and was located on Adams Street on Chicago's west side. Uh, So, Joseph Odom is his boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Living in the house on his property, or pretty much everywhere you read, it's uh, um, he's described as his uh, live-in friend. Um, In an article that Doctor Scudder wrote, he kind of goes out of his way to not. He's just just Joseph's his buddy. Yeah, is basically what you know. Well, back then, back then, it's still very looked down upon. Um, Plus, he's married. Well, I mean that's yeah that too. I th- I don't think he was actually at his. Like, oh, really? I'm pretty okay. sure there's really not a whole lot of mention of his wives, like of what happened to them. So yeah. I mean, they're still alive. Nothing happened to them. I mean, no, I'm sure they're dead by now. Yeah, probably. But, but yeah. Okay. Um, or they could be really old. What do you I don't know, know about his wives and how they died, <laughs> Josh? Look, man, let's get off. Is that of, the lady uh, that rolled her eyes at you? I can't confirm nor <laughs> deny that. Uh, it was a rough area that I lived in. But Dr. Scudder enjoyed the fading splendor of the mansion and the space it provided for his various interests, which included collecting antiques, uh, producing his own paintings. And his buddy Joe. And his buddy <laughs> jo- Joseph. Uh, playing the harp, uh, providing a home for t- the two huge English mastiffs that they owned. Uh, big old doggies. Which they named... Uh, Siegfried and Roy? I can remember. Uh, Beazelbub. Oh, the devil. was the name of one, and then the other was named after... Ah, shit, I can't remember now. Uh, was it like a heavenly name? No. Uh, it was like another... It was named after like a... I don't know. Something. Yeah. Something like creepy and spooky. Mm-hmm. But anyways. Uh, and he pursued uh, lively correspondences with various individuals and institutions, including the founder of the Church of Satan, Anton, uh, Anton Le- LeVay. Although he told his friends in Georgia that he hadn't joined the organization due to the membership fee... 
A search of the Church of Satan's... $666, good sir. Not quite. Oh. Uh, a search of the Church of Satan's archives had revealed that Dr. Scatter did indeed become a member of the Church of Satan, mailing his membership form and a check for $50, <laughs> $50. to San Francisco on June 16th, 1980. Even, even like the like even Church in 1980. of Satan or whatever, like they just want money. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, they got to pay for uh, LeVay's orgies. Sure. Okay. Uh, orgies? Yes, All lots right. of them. A canceled check for a subscription to the Church of Satan's newsletter, The Cloven Hoof, was found on his desk after after his death. I read it on the shitter. <laughs> According to his friends, whenever the subject of church or religion came up, Dr. Charles Scudder would always say, I'm a Satanist. Ooh. In 1976, uh, Scudder was an associate professor, professor, professor of pharmacology. Easy for you to say. Not really. Nope. Uh, professor of pharmacology at Loyola University's Stritch School of Medicine, serving as both a research scientist and an instructor. Is this Doctor Satan? Uh, no, no. He actually. He's uh, the original Doctor Satan. I'll kind of. We'll kind of get into it, but <coughs> the Satan. The. Sata- uh, Satanism, yeah. satanic thing. Yeah, that's a weird word. It wasn't really okay. Uh, what it seemed. Okay. Um, uh, the research he was involved in involved performing government-funded experiments with mind-altering drugs like LSD. Sign me up, Doc. <laughs> Scudder himself had stated that this was a good job, and those who knew him at Loyola described him as brilliant, polished... Yeah, because they're all tripping on balls! Right. <laughs> uh, and soft-spoken, but very confident. <laughs> It's like his light had finger his, his his fingertips had light coming out of him. His hair was just fire, man. It was crazy. He's a, he's a good professor. He had seven mouths. Uh, Scudder was very memorable due to the fact that he would dye his hair purple and he kept a pet monkey. Oh, so this is a pretty cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so his sons eventually grown and left the uh, left home for their own pursuits. <laughs> Imagine having that as your dad. Like, yeah, all dads are embarrassing. But but then like your hair. dad, purple hair and a monkey. He was just like he's like yeah man, love the devil, <laughs> love my monkey. I want the monkey like purple hair. I want the monkey like rode the Great Danes. I bet after he did some oh, LSD, man, yeah, that monkey dropped a couple <laughs> oh, tabs of LSD. God. <laughs> This guy's got the trip with two giant dogs and a monkey. Hell yes. Fuck. Uh, he was still reeling from the sudden death of his youngest son, Ahab, as well. Uh, he became disillusioned with his career and tired of the challenges of brother, living... Brother, I hear you there. Uh, tire, uh, he tired of the challenges of living in a disintegrating neighborhood, or as he put it in an article that he wrote for Mother Earth News. You know, we both have a description sure, of yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, quote, my house was no castle in the country. I lived in an old mansion in a decaying resident, residential area that was more like a mausoleum, a tomb requiring requiring care, cleaning, and endless costly repairs. I was plagued with taxes, light bills, gas bills, water bills, heating bills, and the helpless feeling that resulted from watching my old neighborhood disintegrate into an urban ghetto. Ooh. Now, that's... A bit racist. A little bit. A little elitist. You got that coded language there. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, so also from his uh, Mother Earth News article, uh, quote, there were other factors prodding me toward a life-changing decision. I had a good job as an associate professor in medical school, so I received a salary raise each year. But, of course, it was always more than swallowed up by inflation. And as time passed, the medical students grew more unruly and less interested in learning. The standards of the school steadily dropped, and my department became a hotbed of office politics, backbiting, and resentment. 
As soon as I got home each evening, I'd change into my old, and not too clean or mended, jeans and muddle about in the garden, finding there the only real moments of satisfaction left in my urban life. I was even pleased when the city's wildlife, the rats, drank from my garden pool at night. In such a melancholy environment, it was no wonder that I suffered, along no doubt with many others, from continuing han- continual hankering, vexation, and apathy. We've all been there. Oh, yeah. Vexation got us all. I'm knee deep, buddy. You're vexed right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then I inherited my little income, and I thought, I went out. Oh, man, do I ever want out. Uh, the income he's talking about is he inherited a little bit of an inheritance, which basically came out to about $100 a month yeah. that he would get. I don't know who... Who that's, got it from? That's but. probably good, like 1940s <clears throat> by this time, maybe. Oh, no, 19... he was, this was 1976. Oh, 1976, yeah. okay. So, I mean, still, 100 bucks 100 a month. 100 bucks, yeah. Like, um, I'll take it. Give it to me. <laughs> give it to me now. I'm not putting this knife away until you give me $100. Uh, you just hold that knife there, buddy. <laughs> okay. Charles decided to resign his position on his 50th birthday and try to live off the grid in a rural, self-sustaining setting. Fed up with the frustrations of academic research. So, he made the 50, eh? Yeah, he, yeah, I'm 40. Yeah, he was 50. Man. You still I, have time to become... Can I put up with this for another 10 years? Well, you still have time to become an LSD professor. Okay. With a monkey. I think you just need to dye <laughs> your hair beard, your your hair purple. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just start walking into colleges. I mean, like, all right, class is in session. <laughs> Everyone sit down. Here's some mushrooms. Here's some mushrooms. <laughs> We're going to figure out what happens. Dipped in liquid and acid. And go. Yeah, all right. Just try it out. Cool. Just try it out. <laughs> it's that easy. Just try What's it out. What's the worst that can happen? Just, you know, root up everything, move Look, to in the these po- in these post-COVID days, yeah. the world is our oyster. That's right. You might not want to eat it because you could get sick. And wear a mask. But just wear a mask. <laughs> oh, God. Everyone tripping. You're looking at everybody wearing masks. masks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, fed up with the frustrations of academic research, he wanted to be surrounded by the beauty of nature and enjoy a measure of, measure of isolation. He purchased 40 acres of mountainous, undeveloped land in rural Georgia, and when he left Loyola for his new home, he took two human skulls from the... Oh, uh, his, like, favorite two? Apparently. <laughs> and 12,000 doses of LSD. Damn! Yeah. So not the last for, like, a month. Right. You know who this reminds me of? The Unabomber. Like, professor, Ooh. smart yeah. guy, got tired of, like... of. Like, Unabomber is more like technology and stuff. This guy kind of sounds like it's just the advancement of just... Just the changing of city yeah, life. And, yeah, yeah. And just people. Yeah, because they, they both didn't like people. Well, he loved people, which is okay. weird. He loves people. Okay. Yeah, he lo- he just didn't want to be, like, in the city anymore. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I don't know why. So, there's a couple similarities right. between this guy and the Unabomber. Uh, he kind of explains a little bit more why they left. So, in his words, again, in this article of Mother Earth News... The only person I really had to Hippie. consider com. before making a move was my loyal friend and housekeeper, Joseph, Aww. who for 17 years had cooked for me and my boys and cared for the mansion. <laughs> I wish that meant sex. <laughs> for 17 years, he cooked for me and my boys. By wink. my boys, I mean my balls. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. Please stop winking, sir. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> I'm having a stroke. It's all the sex. It's constant wink. It's all the LSD and sex. <laughs> Uh, I think the monkey gave me something. <laughs> He'd been in trouble with the law once and had only a fifth grade education. Joseph. Yeah. Okay. But he learned far more about the world than I had with all of my degrees. And somewhere along the line, he developed a talent for whipping up meals fit for a king. It seemed out of the question for me to ask Joseph to move to a pr- pretty ticky tacky house in the suburbs 
because he seemed to have an inherent dislike for anything modern. My companion, my companion, I just he go he does not say like yeah. you know. Uh, my companion also insisted on using which. So if you're reading this and you're like from the nineteen, you know, you're in the nineteen seventies and you're reading this, you're just like, oh, these two fellows, yeah, just these two good buddies. I know. Just they just need—they just need to find a couple of girls, you know, and they can just—they decided to move out in the woods together. That's—that's yeah. that's pretty awesome, man. Just hanging yeah. out with your buddy. <laughs> uh, you want to go live in the woods? Uh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, my companion also insisted on using iron skillets. And I'm gonna start calling you that, my companion. My companion, I like it. <laughs> and old iron stone platters in his kitchen, confessing once that he'd always wanted to cook on a wood stove. Uh, furthermore, I knew I could never live in an apartment—a type of dwelling which I consider to be only slightly better than a prison. Damn. So, yeah, he's a little elitist. That kind of dug in deep to me. <laughs> yeah. I kind of live in a uh, jail cell. He would hate where you live. Oh, my God. He would talk so much shit about your apartment. Yeah. Because uh, so, you basically uh, do live in a prison cell. Like, yeah, it's a it's, small little apartment. He would just shit all over you. He's in their blocks. I mean, yes. <laughs> so, I uh, wondered, where shall we go? I have a pet monkey, so. That's right. Yeah. Uh, what shall we do? And with my little inheritance providing the necessary impetus for change, I made up my mind. Why not make a clean break now, I concluded. Why not get back to basics? Be poor. After some soul-searching conversations with Joseph. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Fucking just a soul. That's all. That sounds like fun. I'll be poor. I decided that we really needed to find some place in a hilly country with the glamour of four seasons but without super cold winters, with a good supply of pure water and wood for heating and cooking, and most important, with a measure of isolation. And enough LSD to kill a herd of moose. Yes. <laughs> Meese, mooses. I, then he, like, he took this pretty seriously. Uh, quote, I studied geological survey maps of southern states and wrote to the presidents of local realty boards. One such person answered that he had 40 inexpensive acres of hardwood trees in the Appalachian foothills, completely surrounded by national forest land. I figured that the cash from the sale of my city property, plus my retirement fund, and the money in escrow would allow me to make such a move. So I drove down to Georgia to take a look. There I found hummingbirds, whippoorwills, butterflies, bobcats, great oaks, fungi, and rolling mountain woodland. I was hooked. That sounds nice. While, while still lecturing, I bought the land, had a 160-foot deep well dug, planned my house, and bought a little camper and a jeep. Uh, so they did the damn thing. Yeah. Uh, so is this about how like he murdered his former life? He, yes. he killed that part of the victim that he didn't is city like. life. Yeah, like good for this guy. Good for this guy. No, it's not good oh. for him. Oh. Doctor, spoiler alert. Can we just stop it right now? Like I feel kind of good right now. You and know, like man, there's it. hope. Like this guy did. He made it out. All right. Like he got out of the rat race. He's got twelve thousand hits of LSD. Now forty acres. Fucking Appalachian Mountains. Well, fucking the forest. Like, this is a good story, Now, Josh. if he would have been, like you said, like the Unabomber, yeah. like, didn't want to be around people or have anything to do with them, he, it would have been a good life, I yeah. think. His mistake was he was very open and friendly with people. Oh, so the story's going to keep going? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, man. but we got to keep going. Shit. Uh, so Dr. Scudder and Joseph arrived at the property during an ice storm with their two dogs and whatever they could fit in their Jeep in a small camper. As they attempted to reach their hilltop, the first thing they saw was the corpse of a horse that was blocking the logging trail. So they promptly named the logging trail Dead Horse Road. That makes sense. The brick castle-like home they eventually raised among the trees became known as Corpsewood Manor. So they, like, yeah, they had they had a certain aesthetic to their lives. Uh, Dr. Scudder was a fan of the Adams family, 
and likened his own tastes and lifestyle to that of the spooky clan of outsiders with whom virtually every Satanist identifies on one level or another. A sign was soon nailed to the tree along the road to Corpsewood, proclaiming proudly, Beware of the Thing. Oh. Dr. Scudder spent six years working on his dream home, building, digging, planting, and caring for the land that was feeding him and Joseph. Uh, Joseph planted a rose garden and enjoyed cooking on the wood stove. They made friends with some of the locals who brought fruit to be turned into Dr. Scudder's homemade wine. And a wedding was even hosted in the Rose Garden, accompanied by Dr. Scudder's harp playing from the sun deck above the gazebo. Uh, Yeah, he would make, like, he would try to make wine out of everything. Like, he just, like, fruit. Like, he tried to make, like, potato wine, which is vodka. Yeah. Uh, But, like, he would, like, take, like, flowers and other shit and just be like, can I make wine out of this? (laughs) So. I'm gonna drink it. It was probably not drinkable. I would say a lot yeah. of it. The fruit probably would be, but uh, the harp but thing. If you're on enough LSD, like who gives a fuck what you're drinking? Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, the harp thing. I meant to. Add, I meant to have you listen to it before we started. and I completely forgot. But uh, on what would be the day of his uh, demise, uh-huh. he recorded himself playing the harp. And like, oh. he was making, like, a gift for a friend that he was going to send them, like, a recording. Yeah. And it's pretty fucking creepy. Because uh, you know that that's well, like, it's that... just So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and insert that sound clip here. Yeah. And then we're going to take an ad break. Okay. And then we'll come back and finish off the story. Okay. So, yeah, check out this creepy-ass recording and keep it in mind as we go. And let's take an ad break. All right. stars threw down their spears and watered heaven with their tears. Did he smile his work to see? Did he who made the lamb make thee? Tiger, tiger burning bright in the forests of the night. What immortal hand or eye dare frame thy fearful symmetry? Alright, we are back. I hope you guys enjoyed that tremendous ad break. I'm sure it wasn't awful and boring, and you didn't skip over it at all. I'm gonna start like four podcasts on Anchor FM now. So just uh, yes, just because I like it. Do so ads much. on all of them. Yep. And then that's just more money coming in. Inception. Wow. <laughs> all right. So uh, the two added on a three-story, quote unquote, chicken coop. Jesus. The first floor was for the chickens and food storage. The second floor was for canned goods and the couple's porn collection. And the third floor was called their pink room, also referred to Uh, as their pleasure chamber. Nice! Supposedly, Scudder and Joseph would invite guests over and throw wild sex parties. Uh, The pink room was filled with mattresses, candles, whips, chains, pornography, and even a logbook that listed all of the guests. So they had their porn collection, then they had more in the pink pink room. They would just go down the second floor, grab whatever they wanted, bring it back up. Their little porn library. Uh, And the logbook would list all of the guests' sexual uh, uh, predilections, like what they liked. Yeah. So there's also... They're really good hosts. They're really good hosts. This whole story... There's a ton of different information depending on where you what you're reading uh-huh. uh, and who's telling it. So, like that was one account I read about the chains and the candles and all that. 
And then in another story I read, it said that the room was pink, but all that was in there was a couple mattresses and a space heater. So, I don't know. Like That sounds like some junior high shit or something. Yeah. <laughs> Not the pink rooms, but just... So, so there's a lot there's that... There's a mattress in my basement. There's a lot that could have uh, been created by people after this happened. Yeah. But, I don't know. If they found... If, if somebody says there's a logbook that lists... That's, a, that's, like a, weird, that's a weird thing to come up with. Yeah. So... Like, what would you just, like, sign your name and, like, choke me, daddy? Like, yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel like that's something that was actually found. Yeah. Or, I don't know. That's just a weird, specific thing for somebody to make up. I mean, you could. You can make it up if you wanted. But yeah. If you come to my orgy, two forms of ID. <laughs> yes. Blood sample. Of reference. <laughs> Five references. Cover plate. That's <laughs> yes. important. I'm going to be hungry afterwards. And uh, no sex. <laughs> so, Not till the third orgy. It's more of just uh, like you bringing me food. Ev- I like to get to know everybody. <laughs> and me stealing your identity. And then I break it off after the second right. orgy. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so that's, you know, whatever. At least you're letting people know if not. Sure. Uh, Dr. Scudder continued to make art, painting and creating stained glass that was incorporated into the windows of the house. Most notoriously, he created a stained glass... This guy is like the invention of Pinterest, I think. Kind of. (laughs) He had a lot of shit going on. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. Uh, He created a stained glass Baphomet sigil, uh, which was the symbol of the Church of Satan. His interest in the occult could also be seen in the white pentagrams he painted on the doors of his black Jeep and in the catalogs and books later found in the house. He made no secret of his Satanism. Uh, While Joseph always protested that he himself was a Catholic, Dr. Scudder was very open about his beliefs. However, while Scudder referred to himself as a Satanist, he didn't really worship Satan, and there's a good chance he didn't believe in Satan, as he was actually an atheist who simply chose to celebrate the base worldly pleasures that he and a lot of other Church of Satan members felt were denied to humans by the Abrahamic religions. Yeah. So he was just more into, like, the free-spirited sex, Mm -hmm. drugs, you know. And maybe he liked the shock and, like, that kind of attention. Yeah, I'm sure it was, you know. I'm sure with his purple hair and his... Getting people's reactions was great for him, yeah. Yeah. And he was probably interested in it. Sure. He just doesn't didn't like I'm interested in it. Yeah. But I think it's a bullshit. Like it's I think like the idea everything. of the devil's bullshit. Yeah. So, but I'm interested in it. Yeah. Uh, I believe in. I I actually believe in a lot of things they believe in. So, yeah. anyways. Uh, nevertheless, even though even those who were pleasant <laughs> towards Doctor Scudder and Joseph began to refer to them as the homosexual devil worshippers. Uh, That's just mean, okay? (laughs) Like, this guy makes wine. This guy's giving you wine, guys. LSD. Yeah. He's, like, painting windows and stuff and, like, devil crosses on doors. That's aftermarket, okay? Right. So, you know. To just, like, just, ah. He just built himself a little mansion in the woods. Yeah. You guys are all just jealous bitches. Yeah. Is what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, Charles was, uh, okay, so many locals would visit Corpsewood to marvel at the progress of its construction and partake in Scudder's homemade wine and hospitality. Charles, and then talk shit about him. Charles was even known to teach some of the locals how to read and write. Uh, when hunters would randomly end up on his land, he never tried to run them off, but instead would have conversations with them, offer them food and wine, and Charles really seemed to just like people, just enjoyed having people around to talk to. Among the locals that Scudder and Joseph invited into their home for parties 
and possibly sexual adventures of one kind or another was 17-year-old Kenneth Avery Brock. Uh, Brock had requested and received permission to hunt on the couple's property and had enjoyed their hospitality and homemade wine. Uh, now, whether or not Brock had any kind of sexual relationship with either Scudder or Joseph is not definitively known. If statements made after later events happened are true, then yes, it does appear that there was a sexual relationship of some yeah. nature, but we don't know if that's actually Man. true or not. Uh, regardless of the nature of the relationship, Brock came to the conclusion that the way the two men lived must have meant that they were wealthy, which was not the case at all. Which I don't exactly... I mean, I don't know. I guess if you like found these two guys that just up and moved, built a fucking mansion... And I'm sure you probably... Maybe would have that air about him. Yeah, he was, he was really intelligent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the city, teach people how to read and write, right. and just yeah, yeah. I'm sure he put off that kind of vibe. I mean, this kid's 17 years old 17, too. Yeah, backwoods from, of Georgia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the winter of 1982, wait, wait, what's that supposed to mean? Our listeners in Georgia would like to know. I think they understand. Okay. Yeah. Well, they don't actually. Yeah, they don't. I'd spell it out for you guys, but South Carolina you, spelling wouldn't help you guys either. <laughs> maybe. That's like someone from South Carolina, maybe North Carolina. <laughs> I I don't. Not I mean, <laughs> I just, wait. All right. Well, we're trying to figure out which states aren't stupid. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna be Western rough. Pretty stupid, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're stupid That's everywhere. Us. Yeah. Uh, in the winter of 1982, Avery Brock. <laughs> they're stupid everywhere. <laughs> That's, That's put that on my headstone. Every yep. <laughs> uh, Brock moved into a trailer with 30-year-old Tony West. Uh, now, Tony was not exactly a stable human being or model citizen. When he was 15 years old, he killed his two-year-old nephew, oh. but it was ruled an accident and he served no time. Then, years later, he shot his brother-in-law in the back over a poker game. He was convicted of attempted murder and only served a short sentence, though. But, yeah, kind of flies off the handle. Sure. So... Uh, also, I mean, it's weird enough, or it's kind of weird that this Brock kid would be moving in with a 30-year-old dude, and that the Brock kid was hanging out with like a 50-year-old couple. Yeah. Anyways, uh, supposedly, Brock told Tony about Scudder and Joseph, even telling him about the sexual relationship he had had with Scudder. Uh, if that's true, then Wes convinced Avery that he had been taken advantage of, and that Scudder and Joseph were perverted sexual predators, and that Avery was a victim. Yeah. Now, if West's intentions were pure and honest, and he was trying to help Avery before something worse happened, this story would have probably a happy ending. And that would be kind of the right thing to do, because if it's true, then they probably should not have been having sex with a 17-year-old kid. But, however, that's not the case, and if West did convince Avery that he was a victim, it was just a manipulator. Yeah, he just seemed like a guy that liked violence and liked... Uh, Well, he was also... uh, Brock told him about, basically told him that these guys were wealthy. Yeah. And, you know, so if anything, this guy was trying to turn this Brock guy more against them. Yeah. So Tony and Brock were under the impression that Scudder was secretly rich, that Corpsewood Manor was full of treasure, and that by eliminating its rightful inhabitants, they could just move in. That no one would care because they were just sinful devil worshippers after all. Uh, besides, Doctor Scudder had tried to make a, a had tried to make Brock a homosexual and taken advantage of him. The homosexual devil worshippers deserved it, right? That's what they thought. Uh, they discussed this for weeks as they began planning out how to kill and rob Charles and Joseph. 
On the night of December 16, 1982, Brock and Tony are hanging out with their friend Joey, who was supposed to go out on a date with a girl named Teresa. But since Joey's car wasn't running, the four of them all just stayed in and hung out together for a while. Eventually, though, Brock and Tony invited Joey and Teresa to go out and just drive around with them. Now, while they're driving around, they're getting super fucked up on something known as Toodaloo. Toodaloo. Which was a cheap way to get high by huffing paint thinner and glue poured onto a rag. So they're just driving around. White trash motherfuckers. (laughs) At some point, Brock suddenly proposes that they all all go to Corpsewood Manor to uh, drink drink homemade wine and hang out with Dr. Scudder. Upon their arrival, Dr. Scudder was his usual hospitable self. He settled his guests into the pink room and brought them wine. Drinking and conversation proceeded in the pink room with the two teenage guests, Joey and Teresa, in one corner, sharing a pint. One mattress. <laughs> with uh, And then Tony, Avery, and Dr. Scudder in another corner. At one point, Brock left the room, climbed on the ladder, and went out to the car to retrieve a twenty-two rifle he'd borrowed earlier that day from his mother, which had belonged to his father. He then climbs back up the ladder, puts the rifle in Dr. Scudder's face. Charles, uh, probably drunk and also just a fun-loving, free-spirited kind of guy, jokingly says, bang, bang, while acting out getting shot, which de-escalated the situation momentarily. Yeah. Everyone laughed about it, and seemed, and it seemed the cooler heads had prevailed as Brock sits back down and the party continues. Suddenly, though, Brock must have remembered why they're there. <laughs> he hands the rifle to Tony and pulls out a knife from his boat, his boot and puts it to Dr. Scudder's throat. Jesus. Uh, they start cutting up sheets to tie his hands together and gag him and begin demanding that Charles tell them where the money is hidden. Charles pleads with them and tells them that he has no hidden money. Frustrated, Brock leaves the chicken coop and enters the main house where Joseph Odom was. Uh, after Brock leaves the chicken coop, Joey and Teresa take off down the ladder and begin running down the road to try to escape, but Tony runs after them he catches up with them and then walks them back up to the chicken oh, point, man. chicken coop at gunpoint, carrying a pistol that he'd also they just brought. To bang. <laughs> they were just, you know, like they, yeah, yeah they just planned to go out for the night. And now this yeah. shit's happening. They wanted to toodaloo and then toodaloo to do do do. I don't know. That's what it was known as back <laughs> then, especially in Georgia. Fucking. Uh, carrying a pistol that he'd also brought with him, Brock entered the home. And shot Odom four times. Jesus. Killing him as Odom seemingly tried to escape upstairs to retrieve a gun. Odom was found dead in the hallway, having ki- having been killed by four bullets to the head. Oh, man. Uh, Brock also shot and killed the two English Mastiffs. Ah, son of a It's likely that bastard. he shot the dogs first, which I- prompted Odom to jump up and run for the gun. Yeah. And then he shot Odom down. Uh, Brock returned to the chicken coop and began bragging about what he had done in the main house. <clears throat> Brock and Tony forced everyone down the ladder and into the main house at gunpoint. West and Brock continued to threaten and beat Dr. Scudder as they attempted to find out where the money was. Man. They so ran... his companion's been killed, his dogs. Yeah. Jesus, So he's man. sitting there looking at all of this, and they're... And there's a once friend doing it, Brock. Yeah. Uh, as they're asking him where the money is and all that, they're ransacking his house, and of course they don't find any treasure. Yeah. So earlier on the day of his death... Uh, Dr. Scudder, and I don't know if this actually happened. This could just be a part of the the shit people made up at some point, and it got, yeah. So earlier on the day of his death, Dr. Scudder had been playing his harp and then used a battery-powered portable stereo to record himself playing and reciting the words to William Blake's The Tiger. It was to be a gift for a friend. And that's the uh, audio we played earlier. 
supposedly, as the perpetrators ransacked the house, they mistakenly hit play on the stereo, and in a twist of fate suitable only for a horror movie, Dr. Scudder's voice boomed out a soundtrack during this nightmare. So again, might have happened, but who knows. Uh, Even as Tony and Brock screamed orders at him to sit still, to give them information, Charles was overcome with grief at the sight of his dead loved one and walked across the room to kneel beside him. Dr. Scudder's last words were, quote, I asked for this. I don't exactly know what that means. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he... Maybe wanting to move out there. Yeah, I don't know if he thinks it was his fault. This is, you know. Uh, Brock and Tony put five bullets in Dr. Scudder's head, killing him as he lay beside his longtime friend and lover. Uh, What's really interesting and very strange and haunting is that at some point in time before his murder, like weeks, months, I don't know, Scudder had spoken of visions he had of his death, uh, eventually painting a self-portrait depicting his own death. Jeez. In the portrait, he is gagged with what appears to be five bullet holes in his head, surrounded by the same red bricks that Corpsewood Manor was built with. I'll show fuck? you that painting here after we're done. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking creepy. Damn, man. Yeah, he had described to uh, people around town these visions that he had. Yeah. Um, after grabbing, maybe that's what he meant too by maybe he brought it upon himself, or yeah. you know, maybe he was really into some satanic shit. Like maybe he wasn't just a yeah. Maybe he really was into it, and he had performed some shit. We don't know. Oh, man. So, uh, after grabbing what little valuables they could find, the two murderers held Teresa at gunpoint. She begged for her life, pleading with him to let her live because she had a two-year-old daughter and promised that she wouldn't go to the police. Luckily, this worked, and Teresa and Joey were allowed to leave with their lives. Avery and Tony, or Brock and Tony left Corpsewood Manor, and the most inconspicuous vehicle they could find, Charles and Joseph Black Jeeped, Jack Black Jeep marked with white crucifixes. I don't know why. They had their own vehicle. Yeah. So I don't know why they take this thing. I was nicer. I guess, maybe. It was two days before the crime scene. Maybe they let the couple take Take their car. Yeah. Uh, They couldn't leave it there. I just, if I'm running, trying to escape from a murder I just committed, I'm probably not taking the car. Especially with giant white crucifixes painted on it, like. Well, rest easy knowing that you're smarter than a dumb backwood redneck <laughs> piece of shit. You know what? I will rest easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way I can rest, actually. Good. I just have to tell myself that every Good. night. Uh, it was two days before the crime scene was discovered by a friend of Dr. Scudder uh, and Joseph's who had came by to tell the pair about a mutual friend who had passed away. He never entered the home but knew something was not right, so he alerted, he alerted the police. Investigators found human skulls, uh, occult symbols, gay-centric literature and paintings, and boxes of medical-grade LSD in a small drawer. Uh, reportedly... God, do you think he was tripping when he died? I don't know. Fuck, man. Uh, reportedly, 6,000 of the 12,000 doses were missing. Yeah, but they were there for years, right? Six years, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was later reported that all of the it was, but then it was later reported that all of the LSD doses were there, oh. and that they were old and no longer usable. So I don't know. Like some people say that when he took them, it was yeah. just like a trophy for him. Okay, but, he was, but I get that. Yeah, it would dry out. I mean, but again, maybe not. Paper. Like maybe, maybe he took them. And they did a shitload of it. Yeah. All the six thousand doses, even over six years, that's a fucking lot. That's like giving them out to people every night. Though, yeah, you know? yeah. If they were if they were really holding parties and yeah. stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, 
All of this was relayed to the local media by the police, which crafted public opinion of Charles and Joseph, who viewed the pair as devil-worshipping homosexuals who deserved what they got. That's awful. Yeah. Uh, so Teresa went to the sheriff the next day, or the day after the police had discovered she the She broke her promise? Crime. Yeah. Oh, man. She quickly broke that promise. Uh, as soon as the nothing was, worse than someone who just goes back on their word. Right. I mean, you know, murder's one oh, thing. Teresa. Well, she didn't pinky promise. I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. She probably had her fingers crossed too, yes. like behind her back. Uh, so the day after the police discovered the gruesome crime, she goes to the sheriff's office and details everything that she witnessed. Uh, she's probably the only reason Charles and Joseph's deaths were really even, like investigated yeah. and acted upon. Especially back then. They just see all that devil shit. They probably yeah. just... A small two town. guys living together. They just write it off. Fuck yeah. like that. Oh, man. Uh, so Good during, job, Teresa. Uh, during this time, although, uh, here, like, we're gonna... This next thing we're gonna talk about, I think, is really the only reason um, Brock and Tony got what they got. Uh-huh. So, I, I honestly think that if it was just Charles and Joseph that had been killed... Yeah. There was probably a good chance they would have. So, uh, during this time, Tony and Brock were on their way to Mexico. They stopped at a rest stop in Mississippi to sleep for the night, and when they woke up the next morning, they found Navy Lieutenant Kirby Phelps asleep in a Jeep next to them. Phelps was traveling to Oklahoma City to visit his mother for Christmas and pulled into the rest stop to sleep for the night as well. Tony and Brock woke Phelps up and, assumingly at gunpoint, handcuffed him. Tony took Phelps out into the woods where he supposedly just planned on handcuffing him to a tree. But while Brock was switching all of their possessions into Kirby's Jeep, Tony shot Phelps twice, killing him. Jesus. They stole Phelps' Jeep and made it to Austin, Texas, where they pawned the stereo in the Jeep since they really had no money at this point. So I don't know what happened to their plan of we'll just move in. Yeah. Like, that went to shit real quick for him, apparently. Like Mike Tyson says, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah. So I guess after you shoot someone in the head. Although, I mean, your your plan has to be we're going to shoot these guys and kill them and then we're going to bury their bodies. But they just shot and killed them and they're like, we really don't feel like... Couldn't find any Although, I guess they feel like there's no money. Yeah, yeah. they probably thought that they could live there with all their money. Right. Again, they're not the smartest guys. that bright, yeah. So before they could ever make it to Mexico, the two begin arguing and fighting with one another, eventually going their separate ways. There's Uh, no I in team, guys. Okay? (laughs) a fucking eye and win. Uh, Avery returned to Georgia and turned himself in, while Tony returned to where he was originally from, Tennessee, and sent uh, surrender to the local authorities there. Tony, having avoided much jail time for his two previous crimes in Tennessee, assumed that they would be lenient on him once again. When he turned himself in, he was actually wearing Kirby Phelps' suit. The authorities in Tennessee immediately extradited Tony to Georgia, where he and Brock were put on trial. I thought we were friends, Tennessee. Part of the perpetrator's defense was to allege that Dr. Scudder had drugged them with LSD that had been discovered on the premises. But in fact, there was no trace of any drugs anywhere in the bottles of wine Dr. Scudder had passed around. And the LSD vials found were old laboratory samples, mostly dried up with yellow yellowed labels, that Dr. that Dr. Scudder had saved as souvenirs from his days as a research scientist. Uh, in their attempt to flee the state of Georgia, uh, and the responsibility for their stupid and senseless crimes, the murderers had killed a third party at a rest stop. A young Navy officer was waiting for Christmas. They stole his car, his clothes, and his cash. 
Their pathetic lie about being drugged against their will by Dr. Scudder failed to explain the third cold-blooded murder for yeah. anything other than what it was. Yeah. So I think that murder is what... Senseless. Even public opinion... It's all senseless. Even public just, opinion is turned yeah. against them. Yeah. Um, during his confession, Tony said, All I can say is, they were devils and I killed them. That's how I feel about it. Both men were found guilty. Brock received three consecutive life terms uh, while West was sentenced to death. West's, Tony's, death sentence was later overturned on appeal, however, and today, uh, I believe as of today, both men are still behind bars. All right, good. Stories began to circulate about the couple's unusual homestead, probably helped along by the fact that it had a name like Corpsewood Manor. Yeah, and everybody wants to be in on a good story, too. Yeah. Uh, even before a fire destroyed most of the non-brick portions of the buildings, people began to say that the place was haunted. Whether Corpsewood's alleged paranormal activity was due to the brutal murder of its inhabitants or the devil worshipping that supposedly went on beforehand depends on who you ask. Maybe it was haunted before. Maybe. Just the ground was... That's why that horse was dead. Ooh. Horses don't just die. Horses live forever. I don't think that's true. I'm pretty sure. I'll I'll fact check you. I don't know enough about horses to argue with you. (laughs) So you could be right. We're going to get into this later. Okay. All right. Uh, You're saying maybe... So wait, why would this be dead then? Exactly. That's the kind of haunted ground this is in. No. It, it was able to it kill It has the power to kill a horse. horse. Yes. But don't horses get like shot like put shot to death all the time? What? Because they break their leg or something? Huh? <laughs> you know what? We'll we'll do a whole episode about horses <laughs> and, their, and their deaths or the lack thereof. Uh, even to this day, those who visit the ruins of Corpsewood Manor say that they hear gunshots, the barking of dogs, or even the invisible uh, the strains of a golden harp. Gee, in the woods of Georgia? Yeah, okay, the harps, maybe. I guess. And the barking dogs. Yeah. Uh, well, but then they hear a harp, apparently. Uh, and those who take a brick from the crumbling remains of the buildings are said to be cursed for life. Oh. I must have taken one of those bricks before I, when I didn't I told you know to it. quit collecting <laughs> bricks. It's a weird thing to do. I slept walk there and grabbed the brick one night when I was young. Slept walk to Georgia. Yep. That's a good country song. <laughs> it really sounds scary to say it sounds like a song. <laughs> All right, so that's the story of Dr. Charles Scudder oh, and Corpsewood Manor. I wish we would have stopped when they just moved to the woods and were happy. Yeah, things seem good. Yeah, yeah. Fucking white redneck backwood pieces of trash. I mean, if it involved. wasn't for fucking crazy Tony, yeah, like that Brock kid would have probably. Yeah, I mean, just... they do sound kind of if that if even if Brock was somewhat willing, he's still only seventeen at these fifty. Yeah, yeah, kinda, yeah. That's creepy. So, yeah, that's, that's creepy, creepy as shit. But it's not, not murderous cool. and just cold blooded, right? But I feel like if it uh, wasn't for Tony, like that Brock kid would have probably just kept hanging out. Yeah. Just getting wine. Yeah. I mean, what else do you have going Maybe on? Maybe like Tiger King, he would have accidentally eventually shot himself. <laughs> yes. You know, showing how you, he couldn't shoot himself. <laughs> right. But he wouldn't have just killed, you know. So, yeah, Crazy Tony is really what uh, Joseph, sparked really, everything. Yeah, I feel bad about Joseph. Yeah, and then Joseph is just some dude that's just like hanging out with this. Yeah. You know, he just loves Charles. Yeah. Not crazy devil worshiping. Not yeah. just Charles. Just, it's him. Well, yeah, so there's a lot of inconsistencies. Like, dogs. Yeah. I don't even know what happened to the monkey. I know. I don't know what. Like, it never stopped about like the monkey again. I feel like 82, like, there would be more crime scene. But, like you said, maybe just because in this back town, Georgia, and just once they saw that it was two men, you know, with devil-worshipping ties, they were just like, oh, fuck it all. Well, uh, there was something I read. So, like, once again, as most cases we read on this podcast, uh, uh-huh. like, immediately the cops just let everyone yeah. start walking over the crime scene. And the scene. next day, Teresa 
by pretty much when they found it then because they you know they said it took two days to be to be found and the yeah. next day Teresa so there wasn't like a big investigation it wasn't like they right. were probably I, I, I don't know I mean if Teresa hadn't came forward then just... I mean I guess when Brock and Tony decide they're going to turn themselves in yeah which again I don't know they only turned themselves in probably because they killed the other guy I maybe like I don't know if they they knew they were being like so after Teresa gives their names, yeah. I don't know if the two guys know that there's that the authorities are looking for them, and that's why they turn themselves in, or if they Maybe just they figure what else we yeah. got nothing else to do. I'm sure they found out that people were looking for him. Yeah, called home or something. Because I thought it was weird that he went back to Tennessee and like immediately turned himself in. Yeah. like you're in a different state. Try to like try to hide out for a while, man. Like you get, you have a little bit of a chance. You're gonna be a good murderer one day, Josh. I can tell. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's a, murderers always start with someone they're close to. Wink. Yeah, but isn't it just like assisted suicide? Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 they just get darker. You winked darker. at me. You winked at me. I know. Me. <laughs> I can't stop. It's all the LSD and the monkey. I wish. <laughs> I'd love to have my get my Your hands shirt. On makes 12, me feel like I'm tripping. Twelve thousand doses. Humans of LSD. aren't real. Yeah. Am I real? Are any of us real? I don't know, man. I don't either, dude. So yeah, uh, we're back with some murder. We'll be uh, eventually. We'll get to the backyard story. Yeah, but it'll, I, it'll probably have murder in it. I miss talking about. I miss talking about murder and death. Yeah, so me too. and some crime. Uh, so yeah, you got anything you wanna? Did you watch the? Uh, did you catch up on the Jordan documentary? Yeah, watched all that. Apparently, he did win his sixth title. Apparently, he did. I had twenty bucks on Utah. Man, you should not have made that bet. No. You should have asked me first. I, I like the. Uh, I wonder how. How did they know the pizza was? Did they just think it was going to any bulls? Maybe they were like, "That's the hotel, the bulls." You know, they said like five yeah, people delivered I, the pizza. I'm. They're trying to look in the room and shit. Like George's the only. George's the only one that ate the pizza. Did anyone else want a slice? Was well, he just like, "Fuck you guys, it's for me." Yeah, I'm Michael Jordan. It was. So yeah. there was a uh, the director. How does a pizza get in the room and nobody else wants a slice? Someone well, else wanted a slice let, of that pizza. Let me tell you. Oh, I'm so mad at Michael Jordan. I have the answer. Okay. I have the fucking answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the director came out today, was talking in an interview, and he said that uh, all of the other guys that were hanging around Jordan had went out and ate yeah. without Jordan. So when Jordan finds out, he's Jordan like... Jordan probably couldn't go out. I don't know. He was man. probably busy, whatever. Yeah. But he was like, well, fuck, I'm hungry. Yeah. You know, and everyone's like, we've already ate. So he was, you know, so he wants food. Uh, they find this one pizza place. It's the only thing open. Because, like, even, like, most places, I guess, in Utah, shut, like, that area shut down pretty early anyways. Like 3 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, when he gets the pizza, he tells everyone, like, this is my fucking pizza. No one else is eating it. And then he proceeds to spit on every slice of the pizza. Oh! So no one will eat it. <laughs> oh, he man, because, I love Michael Jordan, but his brain, dude. Yeah, I I don't know how he didn't conquer the world. Yeah, <laughs> like how is he not like got a cure for COVID yet? I don't know. Like that. Like, cause tell Michael Jordan the COVID. He has that like. He has that like. He leans more towards like the evil side. I feel. Yeah, like, I love him. Like if he went in a different direction in his life. Yeah. Like we could have had like a serious dictator on our hands. <laughs> Like, don't change Michael Jordan, but goddamn, this guy. Spitting on all the slices just because yeah. they went out to eat without him. Right. I mean, you know, I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck you guys. <laughs> also, like, he's a six-foot 
six, yeah, six, 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 six from North Carolina. Like fucking super athletic guy. Like I'm sure his metabolism is crazy. Yeah. When you're hunt, when you because I know Tim, he has really good metabolism. That dude could put it on a whole pizza, no problem. I have a pretty good metabolism. No, I don't. So, I can just put away a whole. I'm pizza. sure Jordan could easily. <laughs> yeah. You know whatever. So I don't know what the yeah the one thing I kept wondering was like why did five guys show up? How. And they were like, it's not that often that five got. It's never. Never. It is never. Never in the history of pizza delivery. Like, I don't even think there's five guys working there that night at 1030. Like, they must have, like, you must have went and got, like, friends. So that's what I was thinking, was that. And they probably the same hotel they used a year before. Yeah. So, so they probably just, knew that this was, like, the hotel that whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's going up to this floor, and that's. So they probably didn't know it was Michael Jordan. They just thought it was some member could of the be Chicago somebody. Bulls. Maybe. Uh, yeah, that was a weird... I want 30 for 30 for that motherfucker. Just that story? Him. Yeah. The guy that drugged them, like, whose idea it was? But see, I don't think that happened either. I just think they order a pizza at 2 a.m., they said. I think it was. 10.30. Was it? I thought I it think, was a lot later I thought it was 10.30. What Whatever I, time yeah. it was. But, I mean, that had to be close to, like, closing time. Yeah. I just feel like maybe some of the ingredients have been sitting out. He said food poisoning. Yeah, because they said but food poisoning. Food poisoning yeah. was just from... I just think something went bad. I think they did something to it. I mean, there's a... Yeah, maybe. But I feel like that was like... If... Like that story they told about the poisoning. Yeah. And like they kept, you know, saying poisoning. Yeah. It wasn't the, it wasn't the flu. It was food poisoning. I feel like that's just Michael Jordan coming up with a thing in his head that yeah. somebody in Utah tried to poison him to keep him from out of this game and he ain't gonna fucking go out that way. Or I just feel like that's more Jordan's and, brain. Yeah. Coming up with like the shit that could happen. Like, do you think they would have won a seventh title? Yeah, yeah. Un- I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah, if they could have got Scott. I was looking at the '99 roster. Like they had uh, Ron Artest on there, BJ Armstrong. They brought back. So even if they would have like changed out a couple players, but had those core four, three or four, well, you know, I think they would. If they could have got Scotty and Dennis Robin back, yeah, and then you get Jordan with Phil coaching, Kerr hitting the shots. I mean, even if they have to trade Kerr, yeah. You know, or whoever, whoever else on the team could be yeah. traded. Fuck Jerry Krause. I, st- I mean, I still think they would have won. I like how Pippen did say he was the best GM ever, though. You know, yeah, they should love at the end, right? So, like, I think the year at, like, once you get past that year, though, then I think you start going two thousand. Like, yeah. I think it starts going downhill. Like, you got yeah. Kobe and Shaq, yeah, coming up because Pippen was pretty good that first year in Houston because he went to Houston and he left them for Portland. Yeah. He was real good in Portland. They made it to the Western Conference Finals, but they lost to the Lakers. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like they would have. I think they would have won a seventh. I don't yeah. think it would have won any farther than that. Yeah. But then, like Jordan, I didn't realize this, but when he came back that second time, played for the Wizards. Yeah. He played all. He played like fifty three games. Like, dude was still playing at like a high fucking level. Yeah. Just so with the Wizards. Yeah. Just you know, he was. I was surrounded. hoping they would talk about that a little bit, just like his effect on Rip Hamilton, and then Rip went to Detroit. I feel like there's going to be another and documentary helped, and helped them win because I figure feel like kind of Rip obviously wasn't Jordan, but I mean he was just making some of those shots that like Jordan kind of. Oh yeah. At the end of his career, Jordan wasn't dunking as much. He was hitting more shots. Right. He was, you know, that's what he really worked on, and I feel like. Uh, there's, yeah, there's so much more of the story. I think they. I'm pr- I'm sure they'll put out another documentary no other sports about his Wizards yeah. time. Yeah. So I'm surprised it hasn't been made yet. Uh, yeah. There's the really good documentary called uh, Jordan Rides the Bus. That's about baseball. 30 30 about baseball. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, so what's your like overall main takeaway? Jordan's the best. Just yeah. Yeah, like, I, like we talked about kind of last week too, but just. 
Well, the, we didn't because the episode yeah, it didn't never happened. <laughs> but like the introduction to the series, like there were just all these sound bites. Even from Jordan, it was like people aren't going to like me after they see this. Or you thought you knew Michael Jordan? It's like I don't. Yeah. Like he was, he was the best competitor ever. Like just insane. Just worth that. It seemed ethic. like there were times that like, and he was a dick. He refused to lose, and just on like some sort of like un. Godly will, yeah. He they won. Like just pick up the team. He just decided, just all right, them. fuck it, we're winning. Yeah. So he was just good, man. I think any of the uh, there's soft spots too. His dad dying, him giving that security guard the basketball. Yeah. I mean, shit. Like after that one game, he went around the whole locker room, shook everyone's hands. I love the shit he gave that Scott Perot. Yeah, just constant. Like I don't shit. remember that dude, but I like went back and looked him up and stuff, and like. Yeah, I don't was, remember him at all. He was so he's like he's like Scott Perel, I see you after this, I'll kick your ass. Right. He just he just he was you know, he's, he was he was hard on him, but you could tell he was he cared about everybody. The too. Steve Kerr story got to me. Like, yeah, his dad. I knew about that, but not a lot. I didn't know any of it. Like I knew his dad had been like a somebody like at an embassy and had yeah. died there, but I didn't know he got murdered. Yeah. Like had one college offer from Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> just didn't even just went. Didn't even like go visit. He's like, Yep, I'll play basketball. Right, yeah. You're the only one's gonna take me, so I'm here. Oh. Yeah, so it's good. It a good series. Mel's was incredible. Uh, definitely, Jordan's the greatest of all time. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think there's a lot of argument. When I mean, when you back our two three peats is just when you start putting up stats like LeBron is really up there, but uh, like if you take if you you basically if you take their stats, you basically look at them, they break even, but then. Michael Jordan wanted to win every single game, no matter what. And I feel like LeBron does not have that. Yeah. Like just the error too. So was so, I hate to be that guy too, but I mean, just they were going after Jordan. Yeah, like just the, the Pistons series, even like just the New York, Indiana. Like LeBron gets barely touched now, and it's just anybody, yeah, all yeah. of them, pretty much. But yeah, Jordan. Yeah, if just, LeBron would take one of those fucking hits, yeah. he would complain about it for the rest months. of the game yeah yeah, yeah. forever yeah. yeah so and jordan would just get up all right fuck yeah. it he went and worked out harder in the offseason lebron's just a lot bigger and just a different kind of body right than jordan is i do think i feel like jordan had to work a lot harder for like you said he just wants it so like in a different way i do think when the nba starts back up there's gonna be some guys like lebron uh Kawhi Leonard, uh, Russell Westbrook, yeah. uh, Trey uh, Trey Young. Atlanta, yeah. I feel like some of these guys, game. I think they're going to come out and yeah. just be. Especially after getting getting it taken away from them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to take it for granted, I would imagine. Right. Year after they're gonna year. they're going to come out just explode. Yeah. So, it should be, I cannot wait for the like, media back. Right. They just all explode like that. It's going to be a mess. Better bring a towel. Yeah. <laughs> Always on, aren't you? Better bring a towel. Always on, aren't you? All right. Well, uh, anything else going on? Nope. <laughs> no, no comedy. Yeah, you don't have any comedy coming no up, comedy. of course. No. Nothing's happening. The world's nope. dying. Buying records and shit. That's it. Yeah. How much are you paying for shit? <laughs> the shit's free, buddy. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got a shit guy. All right. You got a shit guy. All right. Well, I think we're done here. I think if we stay any longer, we're just going to embarrass ourselves. Yeah. I'll have to sleep here. Well, you can sleep outside. <laughs> All right. You can sleep out in the living room. I don't care which one. I'm on my it's way. It's really hot out there nah, in the living room. I'll just leave. Okay. All right. Get, get the fuck out. Okay, bye. <laughs>